Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Danny Parkin Show. Let's do this. Thanks for hanging out on The Danny Parkin Show. Radio.com Sports, CBS Sports Radio. I'm coming to you live from the great city of Chicago where I do afternoons on 670 The Score. 855-212-4CBS is how you call me. That's 855-212-4227. Interact with the network at CBS Sports Radio on Twitter. Follow and interact with me at Danny Parkins on Twitter. Happy to read your tweets throughout the course of the show. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. One hour from now, Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports has been at 12 NFL camps, and I love talking football with my man Therese. We'll do that in an hour. Two hours from now, it's an investment hour on the show. We're talking gambling and fantasy football to help us all make some money this football season. And NFL coaches, the vast majority of them, seem to be committed to doing something that is intergalactically stupid because it's always been that way. We will get into all of that and more, but we begin by asking a very simple question that seemingly has an exceedingly complicated answer, and that is Antonio Brown. What the hell? What the hell? This is so weird. I get it. It's a dangerous game. You like your helmet. Tom Brady liked the old helmet. A lot of veterans didn't want to change helmets. There was a grace period in order to not change helmets. That grace period has since passed. There are over 2,800 players in NFL camps right now. One of them refuses to play because of the helmet. And that's you. And you're the guy who forced his way out from a top three organization with a Hall of Fame quarterback to go to a bottom five organization with a middle of the road quarterback. But in doing so, you went from having zero dollars of guaranteed money to a smidge over $30 million of guaranteed money. So, I saluted you. I have been in Antonio Brown's corner. Teams will cut players when they're no longer useful to them. Teams have leverage over players. So, when a player who's on a Hall of Fame track says, winning isn't the most important thing. My reputation isn't the most important thing. You know what's important to me? Money. In a league where it's not guaranteed and it can go away quickly, I got to be honest, 
I respect the honesty. So, Antonio Brown got his money. But now that he got his money, instead of the cake and eating it too, he wants his helmet in to wear it too. And it's just odd that he would go through all of that that damage to his reputation to get the money to then be in breach of contract over a uniform disagreement of which his union has collectively bargained against him on. The NFL Players Union has collectively bargained for safer, newer equipment. They've agreed the helmet he wants to wear, no bueno, He's now not only against the NFL, he's against his union. He's got no allies here. And as of today, the man who traded a third and a fifth round pick and gave him the money, Raiders general manager Mike Mayock, seems to be against Antonio Brown as well. Let's hear that audio from Mike Mayock today. So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, We have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay, but we've at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or all out. So we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story. No questions. So... When this story broke, my response was, say it out loud, this doesn't make any sense. You're not going through all of that in order to get your $30 million to then quit over a helmet. And Antonio Brown even said, I never said I was quitting over a helmet. I don't know where that came from. And I was like, of course. The most logical explanation is usually the correct one. Antonio Brown is pissed. Antonio Brown put up a fight. Antonio Brown lost that fight. Of course, he's not going to retire over a helmet. And I still feel that way. I'd imagine Steelers fans are loving this, even though I wouldn't do too much of a celebratory lap if I'm a Steeler fan. You did trade a Hall of Fame wide receiver for a third and a fifth round pick, and he still is counting more than $21 million against your salary cap this year to not play for your team. I don't care what he's doing with the new team. That still ain't great that you weren't able to make it work. Now, this is obviously evidence that it's really, really tough to make it work, but I get that you're feeling good, Steelers fans. I'm just saying don't feel too good. You deserve to feel fine. I wouldn't go too crazy with this. Raiders fans, I'd imagine you're apoplectic. And I'd love to hear from you on either side of that at 855-212-4CBS. How are you feeling now about Antonio Brown? 855-212-4227. But can I introduce another complicated, squeamish, kind of yucky, for lack of a better term, component to this? Anyone feel uncomfortable calling Antonio Brown crazy because of what we know football does to people? I know I feel that way. This is so weird and so out there 
and so singular in nature that it makes me wonder if everything isn't uh, wired exactly correct right now. And it's an, it's odd, right? Like, But I think that football has driven us to a point where that is fair to wonder. We have had lawyers say that on issues in the past, they would maybe have used CTE in their cases. Football messes with your brain. It makes you do irrational things. And people are like probably rolling their eyes out there. They're driving right now. Hey, stop making excuses for them. I don't know that that's what this is. But what I am saying is, what explanation do you have? You got a better one? Honestly. Is he just skipping training camp? They won't make him play in preseason games anyway. And if you go by the Hard Knocks footage, he's still working out like crazy, and they're having a hard time slowing him down and dialing him back. It's not that Antonio Brown doesn't want to work. Like My question is basically, what explanation do you have for this? Normally, it's follow the money. Nope. That doesn't work. Normally, it's, ah, he's just trying to get out, trying to get on a new team. Nope, already did that. Normally, it's, ah, the team isn't supporting the player. Nope. General manager and coach, pretty loudly supporting Antonio Brown, both with freezing his feet in a cryotherapy chamber and by filing a grievance against the NFL over collectively bargained equipment issues. So if it's not the coach and it's not the GM and it's not the team and it's not about money, then what is it? He had a neutral arbiter. He lost. He either wears an up-to-grade helmet or he's in violation of his contract. If he's in violation of his contract, he doesn't get paid. And he still isn't with the Raiders in camp. And now his general manager has said, you're either in or you're out. GMs don't do that. They don't do that about star players unless they feel like the coach is on board. Because remember, John Gruden has about as much power as any coach in the NFL outside of Bill Belichick. He has a $100 million fully guaranteed deal. So Mike Mayock doesn't say what he just said if John Gruden isn't on board, and he probably doesn't say what he just said if leaders in the locker room aren't on board. That is a high-profile general manager of a high-profile team on a national television show right now, by the way, calling out one of the three or four best wide receivers in the NFL who he just traded for and paid. This is bananas. Dare I say this is unprecedented, and I am genuinely curious. Any of you have an explanation? Does anyone get what the hell is going on right now? Because I sure don't. And I will be honest with you, 
it makes me a little uncomfortable because of the sport that we're talking about. Because we know the sport inherently drives players to do things that are out of character and irrational. And if you say this is actually in character for Antonio Brown, then what's the motivation? All of the past things that you would say, diva wide receiver, Antonio Brown being difficult, we could at least point to a motivation for him. Money. Disagreement with Ben Roethlisberger, like personality conflict. Just give me a motivation. Give me a reason to do this. Once he lost his appeal with the NFL, why isn't he in camp? Why is his general? Mike Mayock's not saying that if Antonio Brown is reporting to camp tomorrow, Monday morning, ready to go for an 815 practice. That is a last ditch effort by a general manager. It's not like Antonio Brown's hard to reach. His agent's Drew Rosenhaus. So what the hell is going on here? Mike Mayock doesn't do that if Antonio Brown's going to be in camp tomorrow. Mike Mayock doesn't do that if he knows what Antonio Brown's next move is. The only way Mike Mayock gets in front of a microphone and says you're either all in or you're all out is if he doesn't know if Antonio Brown is playing football this year. And if Antonio Brown isn't playing football this year, he gets nothing. Those $30 million in guarantees, they vanish. So how do we explain this one rationally? Because the best thing I have is borderline reckless, reckless speculation about if football has knocked the screw loose. Because this doesn't make any sense. But I don't think it's reckless when we're talking about this sport. I'm genuinely confounded on this Antonio Brown story. 855-212-4CBS is the number. Would love to hear your input on what could be motivating this. But I want to get into also who else, in addition to the Raiders, has a lot riding on Antonio Brown this week. That's coming up next. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. Yeah, you are, and I appreciate you doing so because CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We're discussing Antonio Brown and uh, what the hell. This makes no sense. I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been trying to figure out an explanation from any possible angle as to why he would drive his general manager to say you either got to be all in or all out. It's not money. He already forced his way out of Pittsburgh. It's not the team. He already forced his way out of Pittsburgh. My man, uh, sports God one on Twitter, loyal listener to the show says his feet still aren't 100%. But the Raiders are supporting him on the foot issue. If the helmet was a cover for the foot issue, he already showed us his feet last week on hard knocks. We already know how he heard it. And the Raiders are publicly supporting him on that. He's not in violation of his contract for the cryotherapy incident. They would just wait for him to heal. 
he's in violation for his contract if he refuses to play football in collectively bargained gear. So I don't think it's related to the feed at all. I think we've got two weird stories happening simultaneously. And I don't love that football has made me wonder aloud when players act irrationally if football itself is causing them to act irrationally. But that's what we've learned about football. It's not normal. There is no CTE test for the living. And I have no idea, obviously, if that is related to this. But why would he give up $30 million guaranteed over a helmet? He said he wants to play. Now, in the past, he's talked about walking away from football. That's true. He did an interview with Jeff Darlington about it, but that was when he was still with Pittsburgh. That was when he was leveraging and negotiating his way out of playing football or out of playing football in Pittsburgh. So I don't think you go through all of the trouble to get out of Pittsburgh, stay in the great shape that you're in, reach the top of your craft, sign a new deal to just give up the game because of a helmet. It doesn't make any sense. Ice pick tweets in at Danny Parkins. This is all for hard knocks ratings. We are being played. I guess it's possible, but I don't think so. I don't, I mean, the Raiders didn't want to be in hard knocks. He's not practicing. He's not with the team. I'm all for a good conspiracy theory, but the Raiders would not be in on it. Mike Mayock going out there and saying, you're either all in or you're all out, are the words of a general manager who doesn't know if his best player is going to play for him this year. That wasn't a bluff. That was a message directly to Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus. I'd be floored if it was a bluff. But I will say, Hard Knocks has a lot riding on this. They can't cover this up. This development came out early enough in the week that they can get this into the episode. Stop sugarcoating it and giving us this G-rated version of what's going on here. If the Raiders are pissed at Antonio Brown, show us. I don't want this to be North Korean state-sponsored TV anymore. Show us the damn drama. You've been given pocket aces of a story. Come on in and deliver. 855-212-4CBS. In Pennsylvania, Rich is on the Danny Parkins Show. Rich, thanks for calling. Hi, Dan. Dan, he's just a mental fidget. He's a head case. I I just think it's great how Tomlin and the Steelers were able to cover it up for all them years. That's the bottom line. It has nothing to do with money. He's just just a head case. But is he ahead? But like everything else that he had done in the past had a clear motivating reason for it. What is the reason behind this? He's a head case. That's the bottom line. There is no. That's it. He's a head case. The Steelers just was able to cover it up all these years. I don't think it was covered up. 
I think people knew about Antonio Brown being a diva. Nah, nah, I mean, late for meetings and everything, but I mean, he never carried on like this, like this, Dan. Well, I no, I, that, that, I agree with you. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is different, but in the past, the things that Antonio Brown did that were coloring outside the lines, you were like, oh, him and Ben Roethlisberger don't get along. Oh, he wants a new contract. Antonio Brown always showed up and came to play. Antonio yeah, Brown. But, go ahead. I, but in the locker room and everything, late for meetings and everything, and, and stuff with the Facebook and everything like that. I mean, it just started seeping out, but I just think, Dan, is he's just a head case of the Steelers. He just was able to cover it up, and now you're really going to start seeing it now how, what, how he really is. Right, Rich, I appreciate, I appreciate it, but what you're talking about, thank you for the call, they didn't cover any of that up. It was reported that he was late to meetings. We all saw the Facebook stream from the locker room. He got in trouble for that. None, none of this is – no one was like, oh, man, the Steelers just traded away a choir boy. And then the Raiders are like, what? Antonio Brown has a diva side to him? No way. He dyed his mustache blonde. Like, we, we knew this guy's out there and he's a different cat. He's not new to the spotlight. They didn't cover anything up. This is just a tough one. Why he's doing what he's doing. I have no clue what he's doing. And I wonder if football is part of the reason why. Like Sometimes when there's no explanation for something, you got to start thinking outside the box. And I hope Antonio Brown plays football because I love watching Antonio Brown play football. And I tend to believe that Antonio Brown will be in camp sooner than later and logic and sanity will prevail and his agent or his family will sit him down and say, hey, are you really willing to give up generational wealth for a slightly different football helmet when 2,800 other players in the league are playing with helmet A? You're going to hold out for helmet B when it's not allowed? Like, I just don't believe that. I think Antonio Brown will play, and this will just be a footnote and a weird start to his season. But that Mike Mayock audio had me thinking differently. That was, you don't hear a general manager do that very often. So I've asked Antonio Brown, what the hell? I've got the same for a bunch of NFL coaches and probably yours. I think there's, I think NFL coaches are being negligent so far this preseason. I'll explain why coming up next, plus your calls. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. I want to keep talking Antonio Brown, but something is driving me crazy early on in the NFL preseason, and that's not overstating it. If you guys listen to me uh, regularly on this show or during the week in Chicago or whatever the case may be, you know I... I try to just have fun with sports and it's entertainment and laugh at it all. But I'm a big logic guy. And it's why the Antonio Brown thing is so fascinating to me. I don't see a logical explanation for what he's doing. So I'm trying to figure one out. I feel like the vast majority of NFL coaches are living in the past, including great coaches. And they are committing risk reward malpractice 
by how they're handling the preseason. The idea that veteran established star players need to play in meaningless games in 2019 is ludicrous. And every snap that a good player on your team is taking is a snap that your coach is exposing that player to unnecessary risk of injury. And we know that one of the greatest predictors of success in the NFL is health. It is a league of attrition. It is a league of physicality and injuries. Playing players who matter in games that don't is negligent. And the best coaches are doing it. Andy Reid, I think, is the second best coach in the NFL, played the league MVP in their last preseason game. You can watch a highlight right now on ESPN.com of Pat Mahomes scrambling for a first down with his legs. Now, he slid. He didn't take a hit. But that is ridiculously unnecessary. Same system is in place that he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns last year, and he's playing in games that don't matter. Why? I watched some of that Falcons-Jets game the other night. Matt Ryan is in his 12th year in the NFL. He's a former MVP. He got sacked three times, hit five times, and played midway through the second quarter. Why? The Seahawks are playing the Vikings right now. Both Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson playing in that game. Kirk Cousins, 6 of 8 passing. Russell Wilson, 6 of 9 passing. It's ludicrous. Russell Wilson had two rush attempts. He just signed a $150 million contract. Or $140 million, whatever it was. Kirk Cousins has an $84 million guaranteed contract with the Vikings. They're playing him in games that don't matter. Pete Carroll, great coach, unnecessary risk. Pat Shermer, I think a pretty good coach, unnecessary risk. The Dallas Cowboys played Dak Prescott in a preseason game. They're talking about giving him north of $30 million a year. They are in contract negotiations with him right now, and they are playing him in meaningless games. Darius Leonard, all pro on the Colts at linebacker, played in their last preseason game. Marlon Mack, a huge key to the Colts offense, took six carries in their last game. TJ Watt, best defensive player on the Steelers, played in their last game. It's insanity. Sean McVay played zero starters, zero snaps in the last preseason, and they went to the Super Bowl. Matt Nagy, Basically didn't play his starters last preseason. Pulled them all, scratched them before preseason game number three, the quote-unquote dress rehearsal last year. First-tier head coach, new systems all over the place. Barely played any starters. They went from worst to first and won 12 games. Matt Nagy is handling the preseason correctly. Sean McVay is handling the preseason correctly. If Bill Belichick continues with his past and plays Tom Brady in the preseason, he's insane. Andy Reid playing Pat Mahomes, negligent. Jason Garrett playing Dak Prescott, ludicrous. Russell Wilson playing, Matt Ryan playing, Kirk Cousins playing. It is 
nonsense. Years ago, there were six preseason games because NFL players were bagging groceries and doing construction in the offseason, so they needed more games in order to get ready for the regular season. Now there's four. Soon, when the NFL expands to 18 regular season games, which feels inevitable, one of the trade-offs that they'll give players is shortening it down to two. Kyle Shanahan, another young coach, said he'd rather have zero preseason games than four. But we're not going to do away with the preseason because the games make money. But if your coach is playing a meaningful player in a meaningless game, he is playing Russian roulette with your football season. It is absolutely beyond the pale. They have controlled practices. They have joint practices. They, we now know, we have the data on this, that teams that lose the fewest players to injury are winning more games than teams that lose a lot of players to injury. Last year, the Bears lost the fewest number of players uh, to starters games missed on the injured list. They went 12-4. and four. The Panthers, in their 15-1 and one, uh, season where they went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Broncos, healthiest team in the NFL that season. Teams that get hurt, teams that underperform, Green Bay Packers last year, ton of injuries, goes wrong. People say, well, Danny, what are you talking about? You, you can get hurt at practice. Yeah, you can. And you can get hurt in week one or you can get hurt in week four. But getting hurt in a game that doesn't matter is exposing your players to unnecessary risk. Way back in the day, uh, Trent Green got hurt. It's what led to Kurt Warner coming in. Odell Beckham got hurt. Tony Romo got hurt in the preseason. We saw Dak Prescott. Mike Vick got hurt. Sam Bradford got hurt. Jordy Nelson got hurt. Huge, significant preseason injuries that derailed seasons and derailed careers. It used to be that the only guys who could sit out the preseason were veteran running backs. Like, oh, LaDainian Tomlinson, he doesn't take any snaps in the preseason. And everyone was like, of course. LaDainian Tomlinson, too valuable. Or Adrian Peterson wouldn't take a snap in the preseason. And they'd be like, of course. Running back, position of injury. Adrian Peterson, too valuable. What does he gain from it? Now we've learned that why expose your inside linebacker? Adam Gase, coach of the Jets, had to come out today and said that he regretted playing Avery Williamson as much as he did in their last preseason game. He tore his ACL on his 30th defensive snap of the night. Said it was on him. So now the Jets are out. They're starting inside linebacker because Adam Gase played starting caliber players, players who mattered, didn't only play them, Played him way too long. It's risk calculus. The risk is your season is over. The reward is what exactly for Matt Ryan? If I'm a Falcon fan, I'd be apoplectic at Dan Quinn in a make or break season for Dan Quinn, by the way, playing a 12 year veteran into the second quarter and allowing him to take five quarterback hits. I don't know how you defend that if you're a Falcon fan or you're a Cowboy fan thinking about paying Dak. You're already worried about paying Dak Prescott, but you know, you've got to do it because the rest of your roster is Super Bowl caliber and you got Jason Garrett dropping him back to pass in games that don't matter. Vikings fans exposing Kirk Cousins with 84 million guaranteed tied up in him. It's crazy. It feels like a handful of coaches know what they're doing and know where this league is going. 
where it's an inevitability that preseason will be chopped in half at least, and coaches will come around and realize, hey, that McVay guy is pretty smart. We don't need to do that anymore. But I'd love to hear from a defender of preseason football. What do they get out of it? 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. The vast majority of the NFL is doing the preseason how it's always been done because uh, that's how we've, uh, we've always done it. But why? What are you gaining? The Rams just blitzed the league last year all the way to the Super Bowl. Didn't play a guy for a single snap. We know that preseason is meaningless. We know they're not game planning offensively or defensively. The Colts used to lose every preseason game and then win 13 games with Peyton Manning because, you know, the game plan mattered. So we know these games matter for practice squad guys and guys at the end of the bench and rookies and guys learning the system. So why are quarterbacks who have been in the league a dozen years playing into the second quarter and taking hits against rookies? It's totally insane. And if I was a fan of a team that was doing it, I'd be demanding an explanation from my coach. What are they getting out of it? It so clearly is against the grain of where this league is going. We will look back on this in five years, and it will be conventional wisdom to not play meaningful players that you've paid in the preseason. And yet the vast majority of the league is still doing it. So I've got two what-the-hell questions. Antonio Brown, what the hell are you doing? And the vast majority of NFL coaches, what the hell are you doing paying players? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 if you want to weigh in on either of those stories. Andrew is in Arkansas, and he's on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Andrew? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. Hey, first time uh, I've listened to your show. I, uh, I, I've enjoyed listening to it. Um, Thanks. seems that you're passionate and you've been on topic is uh, pretty good. What I think you've already answered all of your questions, and it has to do with the uh, viewership of the NFL. The uh, people that go and watch the games expect them the it's a damn men's game, and they need to be playing. It's the same story. Um, they're doing what the people that watch the game want them to do. They expect to see their stars, even if it's just for a little bit. Just no, but, that's the way but it is. there's no guarantee on your ticket for the preseason that star players are going to play. There's no, there's no oh, reason to do that. You think Rams fans oh, had know. a problem with how they handled it last year? Well, okay, let me put in perspective of, of the team that I support. Okay, the, the Chiefs, and you were talking about Pat Mahomes. It wasn't, it wasn't this week's game that was scary. It was last week's game when he said into the end zone, and if he would have stayed on his feet. He would have been out for the season. That was uh, quite ridiculous. You know the play I'm talking about where... Yeah, uh, but my point is every time Pat Mahomes steps on the field in a game that doesn't matter, it's ridiculous and risky. Yes, but the stadium sells out and uh, the people that... that It's money. It's all about money. But they make the money whether he plays or not. I agree. I, 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 I can't argue with you, but... But that's why I'm saying you've already answered your question. But it has to do with the same thinking of the fans that they're the same fans that don't like players being thrown out uh, because they, somebody took shot to the head. I mean, you still—it's a fifty-fifty world that we live in, and fifty percent of us 
want uh, the violence to be the way it's always been as we've grown up. Uh, but the game is changing. They don't like it. Uh, well, Andrew, listen, at- I, 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 I appreciate the call, but that's not the – if you want it to be how it's always been back in the day, cool, but the world is changing. I want my coach to be at the cutting edge of keeping my players available for weeks one through 17 in the playoffs, not preseason game number three, because in 1994, someone was like, you know, preseason game number three, let's call it a dress rehearsal. It's nonsense. Remy is in Ventura, California. Remy, you got a minute here. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, how you doing, Danny? You got a real solid action going there. You're a real good host. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Hey, uh, just a little ditty about this Anthony Brown. You know, I'm Antonio Brown. From, Antonio Brown. I'm sitting across from Malaysia, my girl. She's had massive cluster strokes, they call them. And what it does is it affects your memory, your action, your responses, and it'll make you feel like you're real high. At times, and it'll make you feel like you're, uh, I don't want to do anything today. Yeah, what, you're, what's you're, your point? I mean, I'm sorry about your hardship, yeah, well, but how does that relate to yeah. Antonio Brown? Well, hey, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. That, mu- that music means I got to let you go, but I'm sorry for your hardship and your girl. That could have gone better. Uh, Therese Paler has been to 12 NFL training camps. He is wildly connected. He knows football as well as anyone. He'll weigh in on Antonio Brown, how coaches are handling the preseason, and big actual football storylines coming up next. It's the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.